You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. So, Roger, you chose Red Sparrow, 2018 action spy thriller from Francis Lawrence. Let's watch the official trailer together first. Morning, Mama. What is it? I have to go away for a while. I was told to take a man to a hotel. They said he was an enemy of the state. Take off your dress. And in exchange, my mother would get the doctor she needed. Instead, they cut his throat. There could be no witnesses. So they gave me a choice. Die or become a sparrow. From this day forward, you will become sparrows. Weapons in a global struggle for power. You'll be trained in psychological manipulation. You must learn to push yourself beyond all limitation. Take off your clothes. When we are finished with you, the person you were will no longer exist. Every human being is a puzzle of need. You must become the missing piece, and they will tell you anything. You have a gift. You know how to survive. This is what you were meant to do. There is a traitor in the government. His last known contact is an American. Get close to him. I thought I saw you in the pool yesterday. Are we going to become friends? Is that what you want? She's a sparrow. You only matter because of what you can do for them. Work with me and make these men pay. You are better at this than any of us. Your only problem is you have a soul. We can't trust in a word that comes out of her mouth. There's something else we're not seeing. If she's compromised, she will be eliminated. What have you done? You belong to them. They'll never let you go. I'll find a way. Wow, wow. Now, Pascal, lots to sort of unpack from that that trailer. Obviously, it's an espionage movie. Obviously, it's an action thriller. Obviously, there's a lot of American-Russian tension going on there. Uh, quite a lot of intrigue, quite a lot of pretty, pretty heavy-duty violence involved in this film as well. And maybe when you watch that trailer, it gives away a little bit about the story, quite a lot of background about Jennifer Lawrence's character, Dominika Eragorova. But what do you think of it? Because you've only just watched this for the first time in the last couple of days, haven't you? So, 
Yeah, because when you got in touch, say, let's go for Red Sparrow, I I thought that I had seen it only because I thought I would see something like this, but I got it wrong. I had seen Atomic Blonde, which was a year before. Mm. I had seen Anna, which was a year after. Mm -hmm. But Red Sparrow, I don't know, I, I just completely missed it. So saw it two days ago. And what an experience. I mean, visually stunning. I mean, you could see that the work they did on, on, on preparation and storyboarding had paid off because there were some moments where you kind of thought, how did they lit that? Because literally it felt like very complex and you had moments where the light was almost facing the camera, but mm -hmm. you could still see. The choice of colors were absolutely amazing. And when I did some research, the director of photography or cinematography was Joe Williams, mm -hmm. who had worked with Francis Lawrence on the, um, Hunger Games, one of my all-time favorite vampire movie, Thirty Days of Night, as well. He oh, worked yeah. on that and a few others. So, the so you had this. It was very classy. It felt you know, really exquisite to watch. But then you had the contrast of the violence mm -hmm. and, of course, the highly sexually charged scenes as well. Yeah, and I mean the the background of the film is that uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character is a ballerina dominica and she has an injury so she can't be a ballerina anymore and she gets recruited through various different uh, reasons into what they call the sparrow school it's a russian intelligence service where effectively she's trained to use her body and her mind as a weapon so there's quite a lot of sexual um, uh, overtones uh, as, as you've said and it's all about using and there are men and women at this sparrow school it's not just women using sex and psychology to seduce spies now what I think is fascinating about this is not only is it based upon real historical events but you can actually trace a similar idea, and here's another link to what we've been talking about earlier, back to the second James Bond film from Russia with Love, which, if anybody's watched that recently, will know that one of the characters in that, Tatiana Ramon, I can never say Russian words, I'll just call her Tatiana <laughs> Ramonova, I think she was called, uh, is effectively the sparrow she she tried she's there to seduce james bond in order that the the russians disguised as specter at the in the in the time can actually try to get james bond on their side or to kill him and this is the same sort of idea and i think that what is quite fascinating because obviously we live in a in a world now where any sort of sexual angle to a film people have got to be very very careful about how it's portrayed you know there's a fine line between abuse and what is acceptable especially in the me too era and when i was doing the preparation for this i think the marketing people around the film had a lot to get their heads around when they were putting together the campaign so when you're marketing a thriller which has such clear sexual overtones in the era that we live in now and an actress as well who's probably been quite prominent in in the vocalization of the me too era they had to be absolutely perfect with how they did this and also we you know we, we do live in a time where tensions between particularly the united states and russia and i suppose the uk and russia as well are probably on as balancing on the knife edge more than they've ever done for the last 40 odd years so again you you're having to market a thriller at the time when 
those tensions between those two countries is at a nail-biting um, place. And again, they've got to be careful. And of course, it was a non-franchise film as well, coming out at a time where you've got all the Marvel characters, all the all the other franchises grasping for space. How could they make it stand out? So they went into this with quite a lot of challenges. And I think came up with something which was actually quite simple, which, as we know, I love my simple. Uh, and I think, but I'll, I'll see what you think, they actually managed to fulfill those objectives and actually portray the film in the right way. So it's not just a film for people who think that they want to go along and see um, Jennifer Lawrence just take her clothes off all the time. It's not that sort of film. You know, there's an absolute reason for why she does what she does. There's a lot of re absolute reason why all the violence. So it all started with really quite subtle teaser posters. The first teaser poster was pretty much a, a, a red image of Jennifer Lawrence's face, red sparrow, and the the space between the word red and the space between and the word sparrow is effectively one of her eyes looking directly at the viewer and the strap line underneath says seductive deceptive deadly and they've picked out the word the the letters s p y in those three names to spell out spy and that is effectively it so that was quite quite an intriguing setup I think about the 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 teaser posters. I mean, you and I, you know, we should maybe create a book with all our favorite teaser posters, because what I like about it as well is, you know, there's obviously uh, little whispers about some of the themes you're going to see mm -hmm. in the movie because mm -hmm. you're not you're not seeing the movie, but you can go back to the posters and understand it even better once yes. you've seen the film. So the, the three words that you've um, you've listed. It plays actually to the code and decoding messages of the the um, character Nate, played by Joel Edgerton, mm -hmm. where he has to put a ribbon of paper around a pencil, yes. which positions a letter into uh, a message. And so happened that on this one they play the, the Gorky part, which is infamous for a number of reasons. Yes, I was saying to Dennis watching it. Oh, I used to do that as a child. We used to actually send messages to each other across the classroom, you know, and you had to <laughs> roll the piece of paper around your your pencil, which was the the one with the hedges, the, the kind of hedge be, um, and you could read, you know, whatever that people had written. And also, I, I know that Martin would have had a kick because seductive, the first S, then you have deceptive, which is right in the middle of the word, and then spy being the last letter. You've got also that lovely um, angle going on. Now, interestingly, I came across version of this poster which were almost silver in quality almost black and white mm. and which look absolutely stunning and i was saying to this this movie is so well filmed you could watch this in black and white almost like a, yeah. a classic cold war uh, movies from the 50s and 60s i i absolutely agree i absolutely agree it's cinematically absolutely gorgeous now the second poster which was effectively the same i think it's the same shot of jennifer lawrence but this time she's actually got a arms around a mystery bloke i imagine it is actually joel edgerton nate but you don't actually see his face but again she's looking directly at the viewer and the strap line for this one says i know your secrets and that's really what the film's about yes she's using the power of her sexuality in the film and 
the power of our mind to ensnare people, but a lot of it is about getting into people's lives and learning their secrets, which can then, of course, be used mm. by Russia, presumably to blackmail and to coerce. And again, I think it's a, it's a very simple poster. Again, it follows the theme. It's a nice sort of uh, move forward. But again, there's something just a little bit scary about that, isn't there? She's looking directly at you. I know your secrets. And wow, we are definitely dealing with a spy or espionage story here. Well, I liked about the, the second iteration of, of that teaser poster is back to, you see both eyes now, and, and the stare you know, of, of the character that she plays is just goes through you. And you can see a bit clearer as well, the calligraphy, the chores of Red Sparrow. It's kind of it's got that elongated calligraphy that you see a lot representing Russia and Eastern Europe, but slightly you know, degraded and slightly grungy as well. And the reason why I'm pointing that out is because what we'll see later on on social media is that they keep replaying this UD calligraphy to the, to the film because it's its own signature, really. Yeah. Now we come to the trailer. So we've already watched the full trailer. And, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the full trailer's... It's it's over. It's about two and a half minutes long, isn't it? And and it's got it's got a lot about the story in there. It's got a lot about the background as to how Dominica becomes injured and goes through the training at the school and then becomes a, a, a sparrow and starts to use her uh, abilities to try and ensnare the uh, the American character. But the other trailers that they put together, the teaser trailers and the TV spots are actually a lot shorter. You know, some of them are less than 30 seconds. And they focus in on, well, the original teaser trailer was much more of sort of a montage of the training sequences. In fact, one person suggested that it was almost like Black Widow's training in, in the Marvel movies uh, or, or the Black Widow's training that we should have seen in the Marvel movies. And the one I particularly like is the Super Bowl spot that they did now we all know that the super bowl spots are probably the most expensive um, advertising real estate in the whole of the marketing world aren't they so you've got to use your time absolutely perfectly and 30 seconds probably cost them multi-million dollars but again you've got that 30 seconds exploring the origins of dominica and effectively the the reason why she is desperate to survive and she she's effectively been manipulated by by russia she's been manipulated by america in the end and ultimately she wins out in a very clever way and i think that the super bowl tr trailer to me just highlights those little qualities that she's actually got a plan all the way through this film even if you don't know she has and it isn't until the end when it all comes together and she effectively walks out of it having won and you think oh I didn't see that she'd done that. Oh, I wasn't noticing that at the time. But the Super Bowl spot just hints at it, and I love that. Well, I like about it as well, you know, whether you go from the teaser trailer to the official one to the kind of um, themed, you know, TV spots, because that's what they were doing. You know, are they, are they looking at the character? Are they looking at the mission? Are they looking at the different forces? Um, you, you get a different experience, and you could either choose to just stick to the trailer because you don't want to have any spoiler, or you can enjoy the way in which the filmmakers are allowing you into the, that world. And I'm just going to add that I've seen, since you know, we prepare for the show, people being critical of the movie for a number of reasons. And I know that at a time where 
perhaps you know we've seen more high octane and kind of action scenes after action scenes this feels like a very long slow movie but I, i'm my view i was thinking is you might find that this is actually the way it really happens spying yes. there must be spells of weeks months you know years where nothing much happens but when it does oh my god and i mean you mentioned the action scenes they are so surprising when they happen because you, you know there's no lead up to them yeah and they are so shocking in the kind of way we've been filming execution that each time you get such a jolt it reminds me a bit of um, japanese cinema like uh, if you watch a japanese thriller they they go and have an inquiry and they, they go through following the clues and not, literally nothing happens it's almost like existential <laughs> and then bang this almighty moment of violence appears out of nowhere that really kind of scares you and I would say for memory, there's maybe six or seven bits of action in the movie, but they really stand out. Yeah, absolutely do. Absolutely do. And I agree with you on that slow burn. I mean, it is quite a long film, isn't it? It's about two and a half hours long. That's right, yeah. Um, but it, it, it is, again, one of those films where you do find yourself holding your breath quite a lot of the time, even in the scenes which aren't fast-paced you do find yourself holding your breath so i think that that's that's tantamount uh that, that that's indicative of the talent of the director i was also quite interested in the website and social activity that went into the marketing campaign now unfortunately from what i can gather whilst the website still exists i don't think it's as as rich as it was at the time why um, do they do this roger yeah, i don't understand you know no, i mean <laughs> If you go onto the website now, it's effectively a one page and you've got the links to the TV spots and to the trailers that we've already discussed and a couple of pictures of the posters. But I, th I think from reading um, some of the other reviews from people at the time, there was a lot more rich content on the website at the time. There was questions and answers. There was... There was uh, um, a lot of information about the sponsors of the film and about people who placed products within the film and i think that's a bit of a shame that they've obviously decided to uh, take that down I mean, it's nice that they've kept something there but i'm thinking well why wouldn't you have just kept the whole thing all the in all the social accounts are still there the instagram the twitter the facebook is still there and you can go on there uh, obviously there's nothing has happened on these websites on these um socials for a few years yet but it did make me wonder they posted during the campaign on instagram 175 posts and i think they've got something like sixty thousand followers which isn't bad mm. is 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 a hundred and seventy five posts a good number of instagram posts for a movie promotion i don't know is there ever been a a benchmark set for the number of posts that you would put for a movie just makes just i mean i don't know the answer pascal but it's interesting just to think about it well, suddenly the campaign would have started officially, although there would have been a build-up with teasers and, and, and teasers of teasers in September of 2017. <clears throat> you were talking about challenges, Ashley. Well, interestingly, the day was changed a few times because actually 20th Century Fox had a few properties, as they would call them, uh, wanted to be to be released at the same time. So... It got pushed to a March the second release. It was a global release as well, which I yeah. think was very interesting. Um, so, give or take, we're talking about a sixty-seven month campaign. So that gives you roughly, you know, to the tune of twenty, thirty posts a month, one a day. Mm -hmm. um, what has been interesting for me to observe 
sometimes you have parity across the social network. That is to say, whether you go on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or others, you have a similar experience. It feels to me, judging by the, the post and the reactions to one, that Twitter was a more uh, a successful and impactful um, network that, that they use. It's just fascinating yeah. to, to observe. And I would say Facebook, the, the least um, in terms of action reaction. And within Twitter, you have things like fans, you know, would go to the movies taking selfies with the, the massive red posters because yes. it's so striking. You had, you mentioned the live Q and A's being reproduced and so on. And why you wouldn't want to have that on your official website is a mystery to me. So fascinating. Uh, it, sometimes it could be the audience who decides. Sometimes it could be, of course, the marketers themselves. But Twitter seemed to have been the network of choice. And there was quite a bit of product placement within mm. the film. Uh, BMW and the vodka brand Stolly. Is it Stolly or Stolly? I don't know. Um, were particularly particularly highlighted within the film again unfortunately bmw have taken everything down so there's nothing left from their part of the campaign there's more information about stolly out there in fact there's a very interesting article you can read um, from the time and stolly themselves were aware of these issues this is quite a sexually charged film it's quite a, it, it feels to a certain extent as if it's quite exploitive exploitative of the men and women who are taken to sparrow school and they were aware of this fine line that they will probably have to tread during the marketing so i thought it was quite interesting that they were aware of these issues as well but they felt that they could use their brand to promote it in in a, in a good way and i think that they succeeded and obviously throughout the film it's obvious there's quite a lot of vodka being drunk uh, that's a bit of a cliche isn't it russia and vodka but <laughs> But, I, hey. I was thinking as I was <laughs> listening to you that it probably was uh, on the better product placement for BMW because if they go with James Bond or Mission Impossible, the cars get trashed. In, <laughs> exactly. in this one, being a more sedate movie, the cars were intact. <laughs> exactly. Uh, one of the and and this this is quite an interesting one. And it was almost like out of the blue, but there was a street campaign done in yeah, Toronto, very nice. and again, genius idea. It started off with just one lady dressed as the the uh, Dominica character. So she had a, a long red wig on and a black, uh, long black coat, that sort of Russian, uh, that Russian look. And she was in the square handing out, effectively, cards saying, come and see this film. But as the day goes on, more and more ladies dressed in the same clothes and the same wigs, the same red wigs, filtered into the square until the whole square was effectively a sea of these women with red wigs hanging, handing out these business cards asking people to go to see the film. And again, I thought I quite liked that slow creep as it started out with one of them and then there's more and more and more and it built up during the day. Quite intriguing. And from what I can gather, it was a very, very successful, if incredibly simple campaign. I love a good PR stunt, and oddly, this form of guerrilla marketing is what movies are best at, because we mustn't forget that this is a world of entertainment, mm -hmm. and there's no reason, as we've seen you and I now for 88 episodes, why shouldn't the marketing campaign be entertaining as well, yeah. and, and extend and expand upon you know the, the movie, whether it's before or after. I mean, we've seen, we've seen marketing campaigns who are completely 
kind of blown up after the movie was seen because people went back online to express their views and, and so on and so forth. Uh, on the subject of, of views, I mean, you touched upon it about, you know, critics and, and, and the likes. I think we're back to the, that critics versus moviegoers split mm, where mm. fans of the film uh, and looking now at the images I can see on social media, I'm thinking, oh, that would have been so good to see this on a big screen. So moviegoers have loved the film. They love everything that the, the, the filmmakers have done. And the critics have been a, a bit more uh, scathing and, and saying things like, well, the page was off or uh, so on. I've got the feeling as well that there ought to be a, a director's cut. Back to what you're saying about the Titanic. It feels to me sometimes that the, the, the scenes that have, to be, that have been removed. I, don't, I can't mm -hmm. put my finger on mm -hmm. it. Um, in particular, I've got a feeling that the full version, if there is one, would have more of Joel Edgerton. Yes. Because you know, in terms of the balance, I don't know if you feel the same. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's, um, I mean, it to me felt as if it was definitely, a, okay, the film's called Red Sparrow, but it, the film was definitely about her character and his character and they each have a backstory they each have a very very vital role to play in the film but we learn so much more about her and less and less about him even though i think as you've said he is a key player in the movie um and of course you know there is a quite a big twist at the end over the identity mm. of uh, we, we can't we can't say the plot point because it will ruin it if you've not seen the film but there is a big reveal at the end which again took me a little bit by surprise and i wasn't expecting it so that was good so i started thinking about this with that you know that maybe they were being very very careful with the marketing here because it could the, the film could come across as being sexually manipulative. And I'm just actually going to read out the uh, the words from another review of the film, which I think sums up the way that the campaign was, was um, undertaken. It says, the campaign never feels manipulative or creepy. It obviously conveys that there's an element of sexual manipulation to the story. It would be hard not to, obviously. But it doesn't make the sexual manipulation, the central selling point. And this guy says, which is actually quite a nice change because it would have been very easy for them to have, you know, draped Jennifer Lawrence all over the um, posters wearing underwear or, or whatever and made it very much more about the sexuality of the film. But they didn't. They kept it to that secretive spy espionage mind mind games that was very important to the movie and therefore i think the marketing campaign worked excellent wow listen everyone this has been episode 88 would you believe thank you so much for watching and listening to two geeks and the martin podcast please subscribe and leave comments in usual places until next time go out there make sure your marketing is done right here was roger edwards and i was pascal fintoni Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates. 